Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 412. Mr. Samich. Keenlin Huzzah! Oh boy, just like Michael Austin says in the chat, this Keenlin card is going to be off the chain. Mike's falling out of his chair. He's so excited about I'm just, it. I'm dodging uh, bad favorites like it's my business. You know, we return to Keenlin, and it's only fitting that possibly the best turf race of the entire year up to this point, the Maker's Mark Mile, we're getting the, that version in the fall, and it might be the best turf race we've seen, definitely the best turf race we've seen since then. And we get to cover that. Uh, at the end of this entire graded stage sequence, this is I'm so happy Keenan did this. It's not the late pick five. It's races six through ten. But, Mike, it's all graded stakes races. It's what we care about because the Breeders' Cup, four weeks away. Yeah, you actually chose this sequence when you found out it was the all graded stakes because you did not want to handicap the last race. which is seven furlongs. For also true. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that race. We would have been doing the turf triple, which, hey, that would have been fun, too. This is a great card mm -hmm. coming up on Saturday from Keeneland. This is one of the fun things. Like, it's why everyone loves Saratoga, why everyone loves Delmar. You've graded stakes on top of each other, great horses. And this is a really unique sequence because you got turf sprinters. you got you got two-year-old two males. You got the, the grade one turf mile. You got a bunch of different divisions here all banging heads on one day racing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, three of these are official winning year in Breeders' Cup preps, but you could easily see horses exiting the other two races and, and staying for the Breeders' Cup as well, um, even though they don't have that official tag on this. Uh, Mike... Uh, let's not waste any time, buddy. Let's get into it. We got a lot of races to cover, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Riders yeah. up, just like always. Mike, first leg of the All-Stakes. Pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 8th. Race six is the grade two Woodford Stakes. You got nine males, three and up. Going five and a half furlongs on the turf. You're defending champion of this race. And the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, Golden Pal, is here. Uh, did you realize he's never lost on American turf? He's seven for seven on U.S. grass. He's four to five to repeat here. Did you use him and, and did you single him? That's kind of a tricky stat you just reeled off. You know why? Because he lost on American Dirt at Gulfstream in his first start. He ran second. I like how you did that. He's not undefeated in the U.S. Nice work. Good work, Magic. I like it. Yeah, he doesn't like to lose here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and single him. I'm not going to get creative here. I'm not going to get crazy. I am excited to see how many people tell me how bad that last race from Golden Pal was. So I can laugh at them because Golden Pal didn't try. They were trying to teach that horse how to rate. And you get everyone comes back, oh, Golden Pal, you got to fade him next time out. Fade him in the Breeders' Cup. Good luck. Good luck. I'll, I'll go ahead and single in both spots. I'll go ahead and not waste any money on these bad bullets. Uh, it was a pretty good, pretty good David Aragona impression. I uh, appreciated that one. Um, I understand it. Uh, I understand singling him here. I thought about doing that. My one concern is that he's now had two starts uh, in a row where the start has been the issue. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm back. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm back. Thank you. Um, the, I feel like uh, I should leave for a while so I can get all these welcome backs. So I feel left out here. Uh, thanks to you and Aaron for covering for me on the Monday too, by the way. Um, listen, the, the last two starts he had, the first one in Nascot, that was pretty much Irad's fault. Um, the Troy, it wasn't. And I actually, I have the head on here. It's not going to be great if you're, uh, whoops, boy, I hate when that all those starts like that. Um, he loses his footing out of the gate. He's going to be post five. He loses his footing out of the gate. Iraq gives him five hard pumps to try and get him into it. By that point, he's already been crossed over by True Valor to his outside and Carl Tari to his inside. They've beaten him to the punch, and so he has to sit back a little bit. It's not so much that they went, we're going to immediately pull back. It's, well, this is kind of the situation we're in. And the situation he's in now, he's got Artemis City Limits, who I would argue is a much better turf sprinter than True Valor is. No shot against True Valor, but Artemis City Limits, much better, also drawn outside. And I trust him a lot more than I trust True Valor, that if Golden Pal has another break, like we're going to see here, where he stumbles, loses his footing, and then goes one, two, three, four, five, and is not in contention, I think Artemis City Limits then becomes lone speed, and he's too tough for Golden Pal to catch. So I went 4-7 here, based on the fact that I've now seen twice that uh, the two races in a row, Golden Palace had issues getting out of the gate. Okay, that's not fair. I mean, 
he didn't have issues getting out of the gate overseas. I read forgot to get his feet in the freaking stirrups, okay? Who's in the saddle now? When Rosario does something stupid, you are the first one to say, listen, the, the horse lost because of Joel doing something stupid like that. Right. I then will not say the next time that the horse can't break out of the gate because Joel did something stupid. I will say Joel did something stupid, okay? And that that's the first time that horse was that, – that is the first time Golden Palace stumbled ever in his career out of the gate. I mean, how about you pull up the time when he was two lengths ahead of everybody by the palm tree in the Breeders' Cup sprint, and then tell That's me the other about thing. How much if he breaks cleanly, it's over. It's it, it's just yeah. like the Breeders' Cup turf sprint. Yeah, but yeah. I, I agree with you. I like Artemisia yeah. Limits is my second pick in here. So if I did spread a little ground, I would look at Artemisia Limits as, as a logical horse. They're clearly the two speed horses. I'm interested to see what Artemisia Limits tries to do. Like, I, if Golden Pal breaks like Golden Pal usually breaks, which is way faster than anyone ever breaks in the world, then does Artemis City Limits try and press? Does he sit off? Can he even press if he wants to? Like, we don't know. Um, but Artemis City Limits has run very, very well in the last few races. So I get it. I, I just, like, I love trying to beat bad favorites. I don't love trying to beat Golden Pal. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> go ahead and single. I'm going to move along. I'm going to play a dollar ticket. I'm going to single two horses that I don't think can get beat. And then we're going to get a little kooky in the other races. I haven't learned my lesson enough times yet, apparently. That's why. Uh, the horse that, if, if true, if Golden Pal wasn't in here, someone I'm really interested in is the nine Catamosto. Um, I find it very interesting. This horse is eligible for a first level allowance. And the first time they bring him over to America, they throw him right into a turf sprint stakes at saratoga it's saratoga there's a million and a half allowances he could have qualified for and done just fine he runs well behind big invasion at the time was the best turf sprinter for three-year-olds and now he shows up here I, again i don't think he's got a shot now of golden pal unless the horse literally falls over but he is interesting because of how aggressive they're being um i did find out the cassie stats i was like oh first time in a, with cassie when he goes straight into his stakes one for 35, it's a 0 for 20 in a graded stakes. So maybe oh, watch yeah. him for the future. Yeah, uh, I would love to know in the money stats. Because I, I Catamusto, like, again, we talk about how do you make money on these races. I'm probably going to play Golden Pal. And I'm going to put Bad Beat Brian in there, 15 to 1. This horse has run well since the claim to back um, for the for the Van Berg, uh, Vandenberg barn. Um, I, she's done a very good job turning this horse around at 5. If you see another improvement, then I think that makes sense underneath. I think Golden Pal wins the race, but if you can find, if you can go like two seven nine underneath and play a five dollar trot super, and it costs you thirty bucks to play four over two seven nine, something like that. You can make a little bit of money on this race, even with Golden Pal winning. He's three for twenty when he does it into a graded stakes in the money. It's fifteen percent. I don't that's, know. That's better than zero for twenty. That's definitely better than zero for twenty. That's for sure. Um, all right, yeah, that's a horse I'll watch for next time, but. We'll move on. Second leg of the All-Stakes pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 8th. Race seven, the TCA Stakes, grade two, six furlong dirt sprint for nine fillies and mares, three and up a Breers Cup winning and you're in for the Philly and mares sprint. It's a division famous for its upsets. That's not why I didn't use the top two betting choices in this race. It just happened to be that way. Where'd you go on top? Uh, on top, I went to the two horse, Palm Cottage here. Uh, Look, this is this horse has kind of transformed since it went from the Brad Cox barn to the Paul Lobo barn. Got six months off and just came back a different animal. Uh, looked awesome at Ellis Park. Then went to Saratoga and actually validated that Ellis race, running very well there, getting a, a 97 buyer. Now we get third off the layoff for this four-year-old who's improving. Uh, Lobo does well in these graded stakes. He's 14% with a $2.48 ROI. Pratt picks up the mount. I like that. Uh, and this is one of those things where this, this is a $575,000 daughter of American Pharaoh. They spent a lot of money on this horse and just didn't kind of come around in the Brad Cox barn. Now it's paying off here in the Lobo barn. Um, if we can improve off that last race, and this is a logical improvement spot, third off the layoff, third off a long layoff, later in your four-year-old season, Lobo can take a step forward here with Palm Cottage. I think the two is awfully dangerous. Uh, it's interesting with the Palm Cottage, the last race, beat a Boston Post Road, which is a high-priced Chad Brown horse. Um, and Chad Brown had been throwing a lot of shade at OXO Equine over the spring and summer. So there was a little bit of, if I remember right, there's a little bit of Twitter shade thrown back from the OXO Equine people for uh, winning that race. That's um, the kind of Twitter beef we need. I like it when it's Chad Brown in an ownership group. That's fun. Chad Brown versus Suge. That was good because Suge was surprisingly really good. Uh, on the mic it's like oh shit the old man can cut the promo um i i didn't use palm cottage uh i my worry buyers are a little inflated 
And I don't like what has happened with the horses that she faced since then. Uh, a lot of them regressed from their buyers. Their next performances weren't good. Only one horse from the race two back uh, even hit the board, and it was the last place horse and did it in this uh, starter allowance race. So uh, I don't like what the horse is beaten here. To me, there's a bunch of speed. I was looking for horses coming from off the pace. If you listen to the show long enough, you remember Mike and I covered this race last year. Mike, do you remember who my top pick in this race was last year? Scott. It was the number three. It was the number three club Gosh. car. She's my top pick again this year. Did she win last I, year? She didn't, and it broke my heart oh. because she missed by a neck to Bell's the one. Oh my girl. That, Where's my girl? Like, yeah, and I was like, I think you had singled Bell's the one and I had singled Club Car, something like we were going head to head with that. And we both wanted them to go off to the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint. And we were like, oh, this they're gonna be so great. And then they both bitched out. The race ends up having like five horses and CC wins. And meanwhile, these two went and lost a ungraded stakes worth the $300,000 purse. Really stupid, really stupid. However, here's what I love about this. Irad Ortiz Jr. is picking up the mount on a closer, a horse that loves to finish second. Boy, does she love to finish second, especially at Keeneland, but she has won over this distance before. Irad, I'm hoping, is the difference maker. I really love Club Car at Keeneland. Let's get her in and get her into the damn Philly Mare Sprint. Don't be, don't be chicken shit this time, Ben Colebrook. This is literally a, a, a what is she? This is a six-year-old that needs to improve ten percent over a career best number to be able competitive. She almost won this race last year. I don't <laughs> see this race really being that. I mean, I would say Bell's the one would be uh, favored in this race probably, but I don't want you know. Yeah, Bell's I, the I one. get that. Her buyers are shit. Her buyers yeah, are very shit for this. Their time forms aren't great either. And Bell's the one is not <laughs> would, is better now than she was last year as well. Yeah, she's kind of all over the place last year. Um, yes, anyway, so I know you didn't use her. Uh, I didn't actually look at your ticket. Did we use the same the horse here? We did. Oh, let's talk about the four. Caribbean Caper. Forget the fact that her first name is spelled wrong and it drives me crazy. This horse is great. If you don't know, she won her first five starts all at age three. She got an ungraded stakes win, a graded stakes win, favored in four of them, odds on in three of those races. And then she misses 11 months. And here's the key, Mike. She already has a huge broodmare value at this point. She misses 11 months and they bring her back to the races. That's crazy. Um, you forgive that last out, Doug, because of the time off. She also was facing six stakes winners, including a grade one winner in that field. Three of her four works since that race. Bullets, 46 and three last week. Let's go. I love this horse here. Yeah, I, I do too. And I like the fact you nail, you hit the nail on the head. Look, that last race was a prep to get her into this spot. And it, like they even worked her on the turf before that race. If you go back and look at the works that she was doing, they were all to prep her and get her more built up for the spot. Comes back four solid workouts. All systems go here. The numbers as a three-year-old are good enough. If we uh, we improve here, second off the layoff as a four-year-old to be as good, if not the best horse in this race. I was between the two and the four in my top pick here. Um, so I, I love this. It's hmm. Caribbean, Caribbean capper, not Caribbean capper, by the way. Um, and so. <laughs> So I, I think Caribbean Capper has a big shot in this spot. I love the fact that Jose Ortiz picks up the mount as well. Um, because I, I think that's interesting that after having CJ Hernandez on this horse for six straight races, now you flip over to Jose Ortiz in a big money spot. I think it's all systems go. I love the fact that we're, we kind of, we didn't shy away after that race. Cause if, even if you watch that Caribbean Capper race last time out, she more or less makes the lead and then just gets tired. And that's all it was. And so you can completely excuse the, the ending of that effort based sheerly off the the fitness aspect of it and and now you're you're cutting back the six furlongs from seven and you got these workouts you got a more fit horse the competition aspect is still there the head is still there she wanted to do it it was just a problem of getting tired in that last furlong so i, I love that comeback race i think it's sneaky good on paper even though the buyer isn't great and i love the fact that they kind of stayed aggressive and put her in this spot next uh, you used one other horse in here, the seven slam, the three to one favorite. Uh, <clears throat> I, I went back and forth about her. The price ended up keeping her off of my ticket ultimately. But, you know, she has two for two at the distance and Todd Fincher has been doing well. We just saw him win with senior Buscador in the ACAC stakes to go to the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile last weekend. So talk about slam. Yeah, this is one I was back and forth on. Um, I, I love it when Fincher sends horses to Del Mar. That's one of those things uh, that, that we've seen with, with his top-tier horses. They start somewhere in Texas. They end up in Arizona. But if, if they're really good, they end up at Del Mar. That's what we saw with Slammed here. Comes back, runs huge first off the layoff, runs back again well. Now we're shipping in here. You get Giroux aboard. I just I really respect that effort. Two back going six furlongs at Del Mar. Gets a 98 buyer. 
looked phenomenal doing it too. Beat Grace Adler and Moonlight Memory, Midnight Memories in that spot. Lost to Edgeway last out. There's no shame in losing to Edgeway. We're cutting back to six furlongs again. I, I slammed has tactical speed, but doesn't need the lead. There's just a lot of things to like on this seven horse. I, I can't really get excited about any of these long shots. Like I tried to get excited about Little Tootsie, wasn't gonna happen, right? I, I tried like Wisconsin even, who getting eight to one, good price considering who she's been facing. But the last two efforts were bad, right? There are races you can point to, but the last two just left something to be desired. So I'm a little concerned that Wisconsin might have lost a step. Uh, one horse that we didn't talk about that I'm a little concerned about just because it's Wesley Ward and it's Keeneland, uh, the nine happy soul, uh, almost won music city stakes last out of Kentucky downs. You had her on your ticket. Um, almost, you got a good thrill there. Almost won it, uh, 15 to one, but she shows up here. Her dirt buyers don't compare, but she did get a 94 for that turf buyer. Wesley Ward, the reason I bring it up is that Wesley Ward also trains Kamari. Kamari is going to the Breeders' Cup for the Mirror Sprint. Well, she, I don't know. Wesley Ward doesn't actually know what he's doing with her, but she's going to the Breeders' Cup. She could have easily come to this race where at Keeneland, where she's dominated multiple times, won this race. It didn't do that. She's somewhere. She went somewhere else, and Happy Soul shows up here. It's not. I, I, I'm not saying there's anything specific to go with that, but it is interesting to me the chess moves that he was playing. That also was a grade one, so that might have something to do with it. But any interest at all in the nine? Tough to back a three-year-old in this spot. That was one of my That's biggest true. issues, is, is that this is the one three-year-old in the race facing all olders, accomplished older horses. It's just a tall task. It's not like we're catching six pounds here or eight pounds. You get a two-pound weight break for being three versus four or five. It just It's tough for me this late in the season to be like, okay, hey, I'm going to back three-year-olds in these races unless they are exceptional three-year-olds. Happy Soul is not an exceptional three-year-old in my mind. She's very good. She's just not that like exceptional. You like look at the look at the boys' side. The three-year-olds that you're talking about that can compete with the top-tier older males. There's two of them. It's it's Taba and it's Epicenter. No one else can, yeah. right? And, and the three-year-olds that compete on the Philly side, it's just Ness. No one else can. These are like phenomenal horses. Happy Soul doesn't quite belong in that list. I agree with you. We'll move on. Uh, third leg of the All Stakes Pick Five at Keelan. Saturday, October 8th, race eight is the grade one first lady stakes. You've got six older Phillies and mares going a mile on the turf. Three of these are from trainer Chad Brown, including the six to five favorite and a co-single for Magic and Mike. Number five, Regal Glory. Chad's got technical analysis in here. He's got an Italian in here. It's not a Breeders' Cup winning your in event. I would assume Regal Glory goes to the mile out of this, assuming she does well. But I'll turn it over to you, buddy. Why did we both single Regal Glory? I mean, it's pretty simple. Just a massive drop in class here. Doesn't have to face Casa Creed. Right? Am I right? You no, couldn't look, wait. It, you couldn't it, wait two races to talk about that damn horse. You had to cut in line and talk about no go ahead. Look, we get to face the Phillies again. That's a big thing here. Like she's she faced the boys last time out. She ran well. She just ran into a monster named Casa Creed. So you can't blame her for that, but she's been dominant. Like if you go back and you look at the 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 uh, just a game, the Jenny Wiley, she's just phenomenal in those races. Um, I would look at a horse like in Italian, but in Italian dominated a mile and eighth at Saratoga. The mile race is just not as impressive. Then you go to like someone like technical analysis. You can go to Princess Grace, Vigilante's Way. They're all cut below Regal Glory here. It's just that simple. When, when she's facing her own at a mile, she is exceptionally talented. Um, and I, I don't want to mess around here. I'm playing a dollar ticket. It's only 45 bucks. I've got bombs in the last two legs here. I, I structured this around, hey, I think there are two standouts in the sequence. I'm not going to get cute in those races. I'll get cute elsewhere, see if we can get prices home. And, and to me, Regal Glory is one of those where you're trying to beat her here, you're getting cute. It's just that simple. I hate everybody in the chat, and I hate you for what you started. It's just a Casa Creed part. Guys, we're two races away. You couldn't have waited uh, until no, the end. You asked me why. I gave you the logical answer. She, if, if it weren't for Casa Creed, she would have won like 10 straight. <laughs> it's not Casa Creed's fault he's so good. Uh, oh, it's great. Um, uh, it's funny too. Michael uh, correctly guessed that we've uh, both singled the five there, but he also brings up a good point. We've had trouble in the past singling Chad Brown horses, and uh, I, I did the math. If you want to take your ticket instead of for a dollar, do it for fifty cents. It's only going to cost you sixty-seven fifty to just use the three Chad Browns. Did you consider doing that at all? Because the the multi-headed Chad Brown monster has really effed us in the past. <sighs> No, because I don't really want to go three deep where I'm singling Golden Pal and using a six to five, a three to one, and a five to two in the three deep leg. Like you kind of have to take a stand somewhere. And I'm not getting crazy in the race before this either. 
And so I, I don't really want to play a 50 cent ticket where I'm using three of the top four favorites. I'm using a heavy chalk and then I'm using the top three favorites and three legs. It just long run, you're not going to get back what you want off that ticket to make it positive. So you kind of have to trim down in spots. Um, to me, if, if like this is a single race to me and, I, and like it'll get you in trouble sometimes. This is why you lose tickets sometimes when you go into these races. And you say, OK, I don't really I could see going too deep, maybe if you want to. But like using all three, you're, you're just basically buying this leg without buying it. And it is possible they lose. And so uh, it just long term, it's not a great way to play this ticket. Real Glory, I was looking at her form. And I was like, man, this reminds me a lot of Uni. You remember her? She won this race actually 2019 and 2020. Uh, won the Breeders' Cup Mile in 2019. Both times Uni won this, she was exiting a loss in the Four Star Dave, just like we're seeing with Regal Glory. Um, I, you know, she lost this race last year by half length, like you mentioned. She's also, she loves, she runs in a lot of small horse fields because of who she is, but she's four for five in six horse fields. And just in case one of the Chads scratches out of this, she's two for three in five horse races too. So we've got that on her side. The lone loss in the five horse field, by the way, was the Four Star Dave. So you know, it, it was against the great Akasic Apollo Creed. You know, you can be forgiven. Yeah, who is the rabbit? It is, how do you see the pace here, Mike? This is a huge bleeping problem because there are two rabbits, technical analysis in Italian, both played the rabbit role for Chad Brown. There's no other speed in here. This is really the biggest issue with, with Regal Glory is that guess who's not going to press each other? The three and the four. Someone's going to be out there. Someone is going to be sitting right behind them. Regal Glory will probably be sitting in third. And then you have to trust that Regal Glory is the best horse. The thing I like about Regal Glory, tactical speed. Regal Glory is going to sit close enough to these horses that if I believe that Regal Glory is better, Regal Glory will win. It's like we talked about Nation's Pride a couple weeks ago. As long as Nation's Pride was within a couple lengths at turning for home, I had confidence Nation's Pride was going to win. Same here with Regal Glory. As long as Regal Glory is within a length and a half of the leader at the top of the stretch, I think Regal Glory gets there. I don't see Regal Glory that far back because Regal Glory has tactical speed. So because of that, I'm comfortable singling the five here. Um, I would assume in Italian is going to be your leader. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. I think if we go in Italian leads, technical analysis, maybe Princess Grace. If you look at how Flo has ridden her specifically, she's very much up near the front. So he'll probably want to keep her close. And I think Regal Glory probably sits in fourth heading into that first turn. But we'll what see price- what happens. What price do you think Regal Glory goes off at? Four to five. Mm, okay. I think you're making a pretty good number on her. I, I, think you're, I think you might get around. In Italian's last race was so phenomenal. I do think that the four ends up going off shorter than the three. Um, I can see that. And then the question is, do you, do you get even money? Do you get six to five on Regal Glory? Um, which is possible. I mean, the three and the four should both take money. Uh, we'll see what end the five ends up going off it, but I agree. I think you're probably looking at three to five, four to five if if the money comes in correctly. Let's move on. My penultimate leg of the All Stakes Pick Five at Keeneland on Saturday, October eighth. Race nine is the Grade One Claiborne Breeders' Futurity. It's a win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and this is the first of two overdrawn fields. God bless you, Keeneland. Fourteen two-year-old boys plus two also eligibles. And remember, we're going to mile the sixteenth on the dirt at Keeneland. We start and finish at the sixteenth pole. Where are you going on top? Forte, baby. Let's make it two in a row. Look, this horse got absolutely forgotten. Forgotten after that uh, the race two back. I, I forget what stakes race it was at Saratoga. It was the Sanford. And it went off the $1.45 favorite. And people just wrote Forte off because of that race. Forte was the only horse who closed an inch of freaking ground in that race. Everybody else who was in the top part of that race was all on the lead. Forte closed some ground, didn't get the best trip in the world, comes back and dusts them in the hopeful of 7-1. to one. I like that seven to one price. I like the three to one price here too. I like Forte's, the fact that Forte has tactical speed. Those were sprints. Now we're going two turns. Shouldn't have any issue with the distance. Likes to come from off the pace. Has the professionalism professionalism already. Look, I I like Forte quite a bit. I'd like, it's unfortunate that there's some other horses on the West Coast or else I'd like Forte even more. (laughs) Uh, But I think Forte is the best two-year-old on the East Coast right now. Uh, he's pretty darn good. He made my ticket. Uh, so there's, uh, what, it's going to be 14 horses, 12 horses end up running in this 14. I don't know. I can't even do math. How many did you uh, use? I ended, what's that? How many did you use? Oh no, that's next race. Never mind. No, that was this one. Oh, no, that this was one. this okay, one. Yeah. 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 No, I, okay. I did the math wrong. That's why I, I listen. This is why magic doesn't do right now. I've got the COVID fog too. So that's a real thing. Uh, yes. Everything you said about Forte, 
Love about that. Uh, you went three deep. I went extremely deep. So I'll just let you talk about the next horse you want to talk about. So you went the almost all button. Yes. And left out, left out Baffert and Ward. Yes. Tell me more. No, that's right. But seriously, we're on a time crunch here. Keep going. Talk about okay. your next horse here. All right. Just checking. All right. I'm going to go to two Loggins. Uh, this was the, the, of the two. Loggins. Loggins. Now look, before either of us does something, we'll both regret. But we're not going to regret it because we both use Loggins. Continue. Well, of course you use Loggins. You used every horse except the Ward and the Baffert. So logically, you're going to use the two horse Loggins here. I, I guess you didn't use the 50 to one shot for DeSormo too. Who I'm walking into the winner's circle now. Just play the four to win here. Confidence game. So that's what Magic's showing here in this race. Uh, yeah, I like Loggins, the two. This, this horse looked awesome in debut at Churchill. Didn't go to the lead, which I kind of like as a two-year-old. Sat three wide, was able to just make this massive move. Wins by eight, looked phenomenal. And, and this is one of those, when you look at the breeding, this is go sapper out of a blame mare. Horse does not want to sprint. That horse wants two turns. And I like the draw here. You know you have tactical speed. Flo, please don't screw this up. Protect the rail. Get out there. Get, get a little forwardly placed, right? And then, then just kind of get into stride. Let horses cross over on you. End up sitting like on the rail, third or fourth. Make a big move around the turn. See what you can do. But but Loggins looks like a monster here. I, I like Loggins quite a bit. I went crazy with the price. Or I would have just gone two seven in this spot. Uh, I also like the price horse that uh, that you were looking at there, the number six uh, Bourbon Bash twenty to one for the coach. I know if you watched, if you haven't yet, the preview for this race is up at uh, racenews.com and youtube.com/slash/racenews. But Aaron also mentioned this horse as well and he ran a good debut with saratoga to finish second to blazing sevens if you remember the coach said early in the saratoga meet his horses were struggling to get over the track but we saw including with secret oath that she, she didn't win but it's like she got better with more experience over the track that's what this horse did um destroyed a field next time out it was a race that you and i covered on the magic mike show i think if you didn't single this was your at least your top pick um the horse looked like two turns was exactly what he wanted and then the last time out, it could have been an awkward start. It could have been the slop. Not every horse loves the slop. So even though, ironically, the horse is named Bourbon. Um, I think I'd be a little stronger feeling about this horse, Mike, if we had Saez or Pratt or Jose Ortiz or Tyler Gaffleone, anybody who's been on him before riding. Uh, but Rafael Barron is not a slub, and that's partly why we're getting 20 to 1 instead of 12 or 15 to 1. I don't mind Barron at all. I'm going to be honest, like Bayrano does well in Kentucky. I mean, he's one of those jockeys who I, you know, he's 11, 12, 13%, somewhere in that range, knows how to get a horse home. Um, yeah, you kind of wish that some of the other horse or riders would have stayed. But look, when, when Sias gets a call to ride a Brad Cox horse, like instant coffee, he's going to take that call and take that horse over Bourbon Bash. I mean, there's just certain things that happen. So I'm not going to necessarily knock the rider situation here. This is to me just a wild overreaction. I just, that, that horse steadied out of the gate. It was a sloppy track. I can make all kinds of excuses for Bourbon Bash. Horse shouldn't go from that effort two back to this race and be 20 to one. It's just that simple. 20 to one is way too high here. This is this is one way you can try and really juice this up. And I don't really like anyone else in this race. Like I kind of went through it. I'm like, okay, I, I tried to get into the McPeaks because we had a little bit of a price and we're in Kentucky and weird shit happens. So you got to throw a McPeak on every now and then. But last time was the time for Honed. Had him at 57 to one. Don't really want him at 12 yes, to 1, especially since we need a big-time improvement here off of that race to be able to get it. And let's be honest, that race kind of collapsed. Like That's why Holm ended up running second. So not really interested in taking a quarter of the price on a horse that I was right about last time in a field that I think is more difficult than what they fa he faced last time. So it, that's tough. Frost's departure couldn't really get there either. And then you look at like, okay, you kind of go down an instant coffee I think Loggins is the better Cox. I don't really want to use instant coffee. I looked at Lost Ark, but I, it's again, Forte, I think is the better Pletcher. It's just the horses that I tried to make a case for, I couldn't. And then Bourbon Bash sitting there at 20 to one, you can make a logical reason why we can improve off that race two back. And that makes him competitive in this spot. So just a little bit behind the scenes, breaking kayfabe real quick. I had mixed up my ticket with the next race a little bit. The, I'm actually only five deep in here, so it makes a little. I was looking at some of the numbers and I was like, "Wait, that doesn't line up with anything that I wrote down notes wise." Listen, listen, it's been. Neither of us is allowed to make fun of the other. Actually, we make fun of the other part. No, it's um, constant. So I went five deep. You happen to name the so you you've talked about three already, and then well, you your just ticket's came out better now. I'll give you that. I mean, it was an atrocious ticket before, so at least we're better. It's a better. That's ticket. why I kept like you and Aaron kept looking and laughing, and I was like, "Aaron's not letting this go," so it actually must suck. He's not just you know being Aaron. Uh, so I looked at it. Yeah, no, that was terrible. Uh, Loggins, top pick. Essential quality. Won this race in 2020 for Brad Cox in his second start after he broke his maiden on debut at Churchill Downs Dirt Sprinting 
looking clearly like he needed two turns. That's the exact same thing that we saw here with Loggins. I wish I had Luis Saez. Can we maybe trade jockeys here? Because I also like this one better than instant coffee. But it is flow once in a while. You know, he gets a gun runner that even he can't screw up. Um, the stats, too, I don't know if you saw this, but five times in the past, Brad Cox has taken the two-year-old from a sprint debut to a graded stakes route at Keeneland. Five times, he's got two wins, he's got two-thirds, essential quality being one of those wins. So he's very good at it. I did use instant coffee. Don't love that this was a Cox debut runner at Saratoga that went off at 15-1. to 1. You could blame part of that because it was Dylan Davis riding and no shame at him, but we're getting a big upgrade to Luis Saez now. He's in the middle instead of on the rail. I think that's better for him here. Should get a good early mid-pack position instead of getting shuffled way back because uh, he's not a very fast horse early. Um, also, the fourth-place finisher from that debut, W. Nell, just broke his maiden. Uh, I think was that last weekend. So uh, coming out of good race there. And then I also used the 10 Lost Ark, and I saw some people talking about it. Lost Ark is a half-brother to Nest and Idol. Um, and then if you're not the dam is Marion Ravenwood, the name of the, the female lead and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Blah, blah, that's why you have Lost Ark here. Uh, this horse being a six to one, Mike, is why I ultimately ended up using him. Won both of his starts so far by open lengths. Won a two turn dirt stakes by open lengths last week. Major dude was third in that race. He just won the Pilgrim last weekend. That's a Breeders' Cup win in your event for the juvenile turf. This horse is three to five on debut. He's even money last out and he's six to one here. And Flavian Pratt's riding. I, I feel like this is one of those times where th this horse should not be 6-1 to one in this spot, and I kind of have to take him. Maybe it's because of just how many horses are overall in this field, but I feel like I really have to play him at 6-1. to one. I mean, you're bearing the lead here. Who's the sire? Violence. Violence. There you go. You got you to at least mention that in the handicap. Come on. Uh, I, I'll try to let you do that. That's your line. I don't want to <laughs> steal it. I, I do like the I like the Lost Ark's a little bit interesting. I'll give you that. I didn't like the that, the fact that there wasn't a major improvement from that first to second start. Um, the, the first start at Belmont was pretty good. Uh, blew the doors off of Aaron in that uh, that original race there. Uh, I don't know what to make of the second one and going to Monmouth. I, that that kind of threw me off with Lost Ark to be honest with you, because like all the good Pletchers, there's a lot of two year old stakes at Saratoga that that you could run in, and, and the fact that we decided to go to Monmouth, run there, and now we're coming here, it just kind of. Uh, it doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. So uh, that's one of the main reasons I left Lost Ark off. Again, like I, I just felt like Instant Coffee and Lost Ark were kind of covered by Loggins and Forte, who got the top jockey from the barn and are the better horse in the barn. And I just, I, I'm trying to play a pretty small ticket because I'm singling two chalky horses. And so I wanted to find a way to, to not get too crazy here. Um, well, let's talk about real quick, and then we move on. The Baffert horse, Newgate. 20 to 1, it's Velasquez, it's Baffert. Um, it's a horse that cost $850,000 and he lost last time to cave rock. Uh, there's no real shame in that. Um, talk about why you didn't use this horse. Newgate. Newgate. Yeah. I just, I was not excited by him. I mean, that's, that's really the, the bottom line. I didn't think that the, the Delmar futurity was very good. Um, you should like the added distance. I and mean, this is an into mischief. Uh, it, it kind of fits with everything else, but probably needs to run career best race to be competitive uh and there's quite a bit of other speed in here and i guess that newgate's probably going to go to the lead this just this isn't the baffert that i'm looking for and i don't don't love the fact that this is where we ended up either he doesn't usually ship to keeneland if he thinks he has a really good horse and and obviously he's running k-rock this weekend he's got four in that spot and yes new yet newgate still shows up here right i mean it's just it's tough. I, I like the price. I like the fact that Johnny V is up. Those are all positives. Right. I, you, you just and twenty to one is a good price. Like if you like Newgate, don't not play him because I'm not playing him. Like I, twenty to one is a nice <laughs> price. I want, wouldn't want to talk anyone off this horse. Just again, I mean, I guess I could add it even on my ticket. It's only sixty bucks, but yeah, I mean, Newgate just for me is it's not who I want in here. Yeah, this feels like Baffert has. By the way, Baffert has four horses in the American Pharaoh Stakes at California. And this is the one he said, nah, send him away. Go away. This horse has been working consistently in California. Nope, send him out of here. He did well at Del Mar. Nope, send him out of here. So, yeah. Kind of I mean, this feels, feels like he just wanted to ship some with the Phillies and Newgate got drew, drew the short end of the stick, right? Yeah. Maybe like a, it was cheaper for if you got a bulk rate. Um, by the way, the debut win, all eight rivals from that race are still maidens. Four of them that raced back actually regressed by our wise. So, all reasons I didn't like, but just wanted to bring it up because I know the chat was mentioning uh, uh, let's move on. You got the last leg here, the final leg of the All Stakes Pick Five at Keeneland on Saturday, October eighth. It's race ten, the Grade One Coolmore Turf Mile. It's a Breeders' Cup winning year in for the Turf Mile field of twelve plus four. Also eligible three going on top. 
Come on. What do you think I went? What kind of question is this? Give me the nine Casa Creed, baby. Casa Creed, the best miler in America. Well, maybe not the best. But uh, look, this race sets up really well for Casa Creed. There is quite a bit of speed in this spot. Casa Creed should be able to sit directly behind that speed, get first run. How can you fade this horse right now? I mean, I don't understand how you could do it. Now, the turf mile, guys, let's let's chill. We're going to have a little more, a few more European horses that are going to come in. So we got to see who goes there. But uh, I, I, five to one, I don't, I don't think, do we get really get five to one here? I mean, you might. There's a lot of, if we're getting 15 to one on set piece, I think we can get five to one on Casa Creed. Yeah, well, we are using set piece. I agree with you on that. That uh, That is a little bit of an overlay. Okay, Casa Creed top pick. Look, last two races have been absolutely phenomenal. Casa <laughs> Creed is just, Bill Mott has done it. I, I can't even like, think of the right words for this. Just so, such a good job with this horse. Casa Creed's now made $1.7 million, 840000 this year, two for four this year. Came back from overseas, looked awesome in the Jiper, awesome in the four-star Dave. No reason to think we can't take to this team. Keelan course and look good here as well. Um, so, I, I mean, I realize we're over two at Keelan. That is really probably the biggest concern here with Casa Creed. But Casa Creed's never run this well in his life. This is, we are currently at the peak of this Jimmy uh, Jimmy Creed horse at six. If we can keep this rolling and we get the right setup, which we should, there's a lot of speed in here. We should get the right setup. I think Casa Creed can get it done again. I agree with you on so much of that. Uh, I said I did not want to use Casa Creed here. Uh, Going to use him, but there's the, it's it, because you think you'd made a great point. He is the absolute best he's ever been right now. And the fact that he won the four star eight at two turns when earlier in the year, Bill Mott had said, we're going to aim for the turf sprint because we don't think he's a two-turn horse. And then he ends up going off and doing it in the four-star Dave after what he'd done just in the race prior to that. I, I, there's a lot, so much speed in here. It sets up so well for him. I mean, you've got horses like Smooth Like Straight. You know he's not going to win, but he's going to make sure that they go really fast early. Classic Causeway is going to go really fast early. A lot of horses that are going to be up right. front, some like at Hot Brown. Hot Brown, yeah. This, there's a ton of speed in here. Yeah, so uh, I'll use them. I went five deep here. I'm going to, you know, the five to one price helps. Um, I did use a favorite on top, uh, Santine at seven to two. I think just like Casa Creed, he is as in form as anyone in this field. Uh, you know, he had that really gutsy nine furlong victory last time out. If you scratch off the Manhattan, this horse does, I think it's just he's not meant to go 10 furlongs. He's got tactical speed, but I think he's got the kick to sit back. And I like the fact that we're cutting back from nine to eight furlongs with him because he's going to need every ounce of energy to make sure he can get past the speed, but then hold off the closers because there are a lot of great ones that are in here. And, and one of those is the 12 set piece that we both are loving to use here at 15 to one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously a key there. I use the seven Santine as well. The, the race on October 23rd, 2021 at Keeneland going a mile. Yes, it was an MYX allowance. But Santine came from seventh in a nine-horse field to get the job done in a mile. That is the race you're going to need to see from Santina. And because this is a shorter race, I would expect he's going to be further off the pace. He has tactical speed, got a kick. I, I think that the seven can work out a trip here. Um, but this is just too juicy of a race not to spread out a little bit. Give me the five Mason is my other must-use. This horse ran uh, last time out, ran behind Casa Creed in that race, just Mr. Regal Glory in the four-star Dave. This is a four-year-old son of Kingman. Pratt gets aboard for the fourth time. This is one of those horses that debuted in the Maker's Mile just to miss the Shield Sprite as the favorite. Looked phenomenal in the following two races. Came into the four-star Dave and just got outfinished a little bit by some of these horses. Has tactical speed to stay close. Will probably get the first run. I can't believe we're getting 12-1 to 1 on Mason in this spot after you were getting sub-even money in two of the four U.S. starts. Uh, I'm going to pass on Mason. I thought that, you know, the Maker's Mark mile was by far, not just buyer-wise, but visually the best race that we've seen from him. But then, you know, the, the fact that he did what he did in the four star turned me off here. You are getting an incredible price in a horse that was nine to five, one to, uh, one to five, one to five, and then seven to two uh, versus Costa Creed and Regal Glory. Um, I, to me, he's a worse version of Santine and he only beats three and five horse fields. Um, you look at the, that race, like he was a neck ahead of smooth, like straight and the nose behind shell spite, but smooth, like straight's always right there. So somebody's going to beat him. You just happen to be the horse to beat him that day. Uh, swing, swing, tent pole. <laughs> Can't do it. One. Chad Brown, Flavian Pratt. Come on. Nah, you keep him. <laughs> All right. Where else are you going? Uh, for me, let's see, uh, uh, the number six, Ivar, won this race in 2020. Uh, if you look back at that year, the form, he picks up a nice victory in the summer in 2020, picks a, a nice third in a big stakes race in September, and then he takes the blinkers off 
for this race and he wins it. 2022, he picks up a nice victory in the summer in the Schuster Stakes. Gets a nice second behind Modern Games last time out. And we're probably all of our top pick right now for the turf mile modern games. And now he takes the blinkers off for this race again. Uh, Paulo Lobo, you brought it up before with Palm Cottage in a different race. He's very crafty when he's got a good horse. He really knows how to handle him. So I'm going to roll with Ivar. I was very curious to watch this horse two years ago. And I was like, I'm going to watch him because I think next out's when you play him. And, and that was wrong. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. I don't like Paulo Lobo at short prices. That's my biggest issue with, with Ivar here. Six to one in this spot. Won this race at 14 to one last year. Um, I want something closer to that 14 to one price than I want the six to one price on Ivar. It, just a very confusing horse to me, the, the way this horse is run. Yes, finished second last time behind Modern Games. Wasn't a ton in that race, though. Let's be honest. Like, it, it didn't beat that much there. Um, so... I just, I just don't want any part at six to one. I think there's just a lot juicier horses here, like the eight Annapolis, who for Todd Pletcher, I read Ortiz. This is one of those horses now that the one knock again, this is three year olds going facing older, which I, I, again, try to avoid as much as possible. But man, I, I, I like the Annapolis as a two year old. I like this. I think that this is a pretty aggressive spot. It's going to be the first time we face older. The mile races are very good. The my, Belmont mile, it's a one turn mile, ran well. I can't believe lost to Wow what a summer. I think Wow what a summer was like 80 to one or something ridiculous in that spot. But a 10 to one with the way this race is going to set up, I think Annapolis can make one big run and get to the front. I don't trust him in this spot. I think this is, uh, I mean, I think, you know, where are else going to go with him? Uh, try and see if he can go Breeders' Cup. I don't think he's that caliber. I don't love the fact that he, you know, the Saranac stakes, like, I, mean, I can't trust a 97 buyer because. He was miles the best of those horses that were already in that race, and there was only three of them behind him. And somehow second and third place were uh, two of them dead heated for second. Like I don't know how you dead heat for second in a four horse field like that. But well, you you, that's what you you hit the finish line at the same Gosh. time as your noses. Uh, but you know what? He was a good second to Nations Pride in the Saratoga Derby, and we did like Nations Pride this year. Um, I didn't use him, but you know because of how big the field is, you're going to get a lot of great prices on some horses. Uh, last one for me. Number three, Order of Australia. Why not? This horse won the Breeders' Cup Turf Mile at Keeneland. 73 to 1 is an also eligible in 2020. Um, oh, I know. A lot of people don't like this horse. I don't either. Uh, dominated a, uh, a group two at the Curra earlier this year. So he's still in form at age five. He was a solid second in a huge group one in France last time out. By the way, this horse was racing against Mendelssohn at age two. Like That's how old this damn horse is. Um, I really, really, really hope that we get some sort of a like mid stretch showdown between order of Australia and Annapolis. Cause Christoph Sumian with Irad to his inside. Those elbows are just going to fly. So what are we going to do? Suspend me again. Like I've already been suspended and I'm not coming back. Like, I think that would just be awesome to see, you know, Christoph Sumian razor elbows on order of Australia flying down the stretch. That was wild. What he did. I don't think I've ever seen anyone push anyone off a horse before. I mean, that was, that was freaking wild that he did that. Um, yeah, I don't trust Order of Australia. And, and we saw this last year. Fair. Uh, <laughs> last year, he came in here, ran, ran at Keeneland, ran in a mile race, went off as your dollar twenty favorite and got shellacked. Like, yep. And was probably in better form going into that race. Like, time form numbers were better going into that race than going into this race. And it's not more that's coming over, who is his regular rider. They're, they're bringing over... It's a guy that's not allowed to ride over there right they're now. They're bringing over razor elbows instead. Like, it just... Can we get like a shredder outfit for him? Can he ride with like the shredder colors? Um, I, I just, I can't hear. I, 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 if Order of Australia was 72 to one in here, then yeah, let's talk about it. But at eight to one, I think this is a wild underlay. Yeah, too bad Sonny Leon got suspended. We put him on a horse in here and just really have him go at it. It'd be pretty I want great. Paco, man. Give me Paco. And, and, and this, that'd be fun. No, no, Paco's boss level. You got to work your way up through, through <laughs> IRAD before you get to Paco. That's the... Uh, that's the one. Did we hit all of your horses here? I don't want to close out before. A set piece. I mean, we didn't talk about set piece. We're both well, we didn't using talk set about piece to 12, um, who's sitting on the board of 15 to 1. And we've talked about how much speed's in this race. Guess who benefits from that? Set piece. Set piece. And, and you know what? By far the best jockey he's ever had, except for the one other time that Joel Rosario has ridden this horse. Okay. Like, I. I I throw slander at Joel Rosario all the time, which actually isn't slander because it's, it's in fact, based in fact. So it's not slander. It's just true. You're going to say that. Uh, but Florent Giroux is a step below Joel Rosario. Florent Giroux, the regular rider here, got this horse in a ton of trouble all over the place. And what do we say about Rosario? What type of horse do we want him on? Closer, especially on the turf. What type of horse is this? 
closer, especially on the turf. It looks like it's a good fit between human and animal here. This this should work out well for everybody involved, and you're going to get the pace. The gate doesn't matter because he's going to be able to just tuck it in the back and make one big run anyway. Uh, Rosario's going to have to get put a good ride in here, going to have to find a couple pass, but the setup is there. I like the jockey switch. Hopefully it's all systems go 15 to 1 on set piece. If you remember, too, back earlier this year, the only time he tried Keeneland, that maker's Mark Mile, we keep referring back to. He was really rank early, and, and Florent was having all sorts of problems. He never is within four, four and a half lengths of the leader that early. So, um, you know, the fact that he was rank early, Florent kind of fought him for a bit. He was kind of all over the place, and he still was just two lengths behind. I know he's seventh, but it was a blanket finish. He didn't quit in the stretch. In fact, he gained uh, three quarters of a length from the stretch to the finish. So the fact that he didn't quit there, it's not that he hated Keelan. He just was something was a little screwy that day. So um, I'm glad you you brought him up because I thought for sure we, we'd uh, mention him here. So, yeah, we definitely love set piece at that 15 to 1 price. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about Keeneland's All Stakes Pick 5. Remember, that's races 6 through 10. And if you are watching on YouTube here, we've got the uh, tickets here. Whoa, I did, what happened there? Didn't mean to you have didn't that. Hit the scroll. I thought it, I, must have unta- I must have unchecked it. There we go. Tickets down below. I will start off, and I promise this is the correct ticket now. I'll start off going 4 7 with 3 4 with 5 with 2 5, 6 7 10, 3 6 7 9 12. That's $50 for 50 cents. I'm going to play a dollar ticket, try and get two singles home here. I'm going to go four with two, four, seven, with five, with two, six, seven, with five, seven, eight, nine, twelve. That costs 45 bucks for a dollar. Uh, we get the two singles. Hopefully we can get a couple prices in the other legs. I, I, I don't want to go crazy here because I think this, this, this sequence could be a little chalky in those two spots. Shadi says, enjoy the show. Make sure you like the video. Yes, make sure you hit like on the video and subscribe to our channel if you haven't yet. The, uh, we've got a ton of previews still coming up for this whole weekend. There's 14 Breeders' Cup winning your in prep races Friday through Sunday. Um, we're going to have a couple of live shows. We'll have one Friday afternoon covering the three greatest stakes at Keeneland. Uh, what is that? 4 to 5.30, I believe it is. We said, well, if you subscribe, you'll find out. But we'll be doing that. And then Saturday, we've got a big one uh, covering, uh, I think, 4 to 6.30, 4 to something like that, where we got almost every Breeders' Cup prep uh, race on Saturday they're recovering it's live come and join us it's a lot of fun we do live betting on air we uh we gave out the life is good over law professor exacta for a very nice price uh on last week it's live show so uh, I'll be here Mike might be here I know you're you're still a little uh, in flux but I know Aaron's going to be joining me uh for those and on Saturday Mike the racing dudes tournament challenge it's back Tournament challenge dance. Yeah, uh, 20 bucks to enter. One of every five people qualify for the finals, which is going to be on December 26th, Malibu Day from Santa Anita. It's the full card from Keeneland on Saturday. So these races we covered as well as the six others uh, since there's 11 race cards. So great card to play. We'll be live for the back part of it. So we'll be talking about it. Open to anybody. But if you are a subscriber and you qualify and you are a subscriber and you win, you get an extra $250. So got a shot at 750 bucks if you're a subscriber. You got a shot at 500 bucks if you just want to play the tournament against us. Great time. Great way to get involved in tournaments, too. If you've never tried a tournament before, it's a lot of fun to do. There's usually, I don't know, probably like 40 to 50 people, something like that on Saturday. Uh, so the winner, the top five will get some cash. And then one of every five will also advance onto the finals on the 26th. Uh, so it should be an absolute blast. Make sure you're playing the tournaments. That's over at horsetourneys.com. You can click the link that uh, Racing Dudes Twitter put out. I've retweeted it myself. I'm sure Magic has as well. Just click on that article. Click on the link. Enter the tournament. 20 bucks. Loads of fun. Make sure I was unmuted there. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jared just also made a video that's up right now on the YouTube channel. And again, at that post, it will be promoting the hell out of it. Don't worry, you won't miss it. Um, but we'll have a lot of uh, information for you about that. Make sure you sign up. And uh, like I said, $500 guaranteed uh, cash prize to the winner of the championship on Malibu Day. And if you are a Racing Dude subscriber active at that time for, the, for that part, uh, $250 extra for you. So you can win $750 cash for this. It's $20 to enter. You can qualify um, once per tournament and uh, up to twice for this. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Dr. Tang is part of it. I told Dr. Tang I was going to go ahead and start advertising his participation in it because he's, you know, he's a pretty big deal now when it comes to BCBC and NHC. So happy to have him and anybody else who wants to join. Oh. Uh, sorry. Breaking news. Sorry. Yes. You're going to BC, the Breeders' Cup. Do I have a plane ticket yet? I was told that Magic will be there. Okay. 
Come on. It's gonna be Aaron's in the background. And Aaron's in the background uh, smugly nodding. So I think that's, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I'll be going. I'll be there. It'll be fun. Amazing. Um, Love it. Speaking, speaking of Breeders' Cup, because it is at Keeneland, it's very important to watch the races this weekend. Um, we have all the previews for the races up right now, or they'll be coming up soon. And again, uh, we'll have all of our reactions up over the weekend to all the major stakes races. Uh, which of the races this entire weekend, Mike, all of them, what are you looking forward to the most? Casa Green! I don't How even did I not it. see that coming? I mean, I am most excited to watch Casa Creed run again because Casa Creed's become one of those horses for me. I mean, if you haven't watched the show for all 411 episodes, I don't fault you if you haven't. I, probably the 13th, 14th episode, something like that. Casa Creed won at 17 to 1 in Florida. That was one of the episodes Kitten that got Joy. us going and really got us into it. Um, and, and that was just, it's been a horse that I think it's probably the most covered horse we've ever done. So I'm excited yep. to see Casa Creed run. I'm excited to like, I can't believe we might actually see Casa Creed with a legitimate shot to win a Breeders' Cup race. We'll see who shows up, see what happens there. But there, there is a path right now for that horse to win a Breeders' Cup race, which is absolutely wild. I'm excited to see Forte run again because I feel like Forte just got shat on for that effort at Saratoga and, and kind of validated himself last time in the hopeful. So I'm excited to see him come back. And then Cave Rock. Like, there, it's three Bafferts that are, that are really the competitors in there. You, you've got National Treasure. You've got Cave Rock. Uh, you've got Hijazi. I'm excited to see them come back. I'm excited to see Hijazi Rage just because Speedboat Beach came back and ran a buyer 25 points or 29 points less than that, that maiden breaking score. And Hijazi ran a 64 to start his career, runs 100 behind Speedboat Beach. We're going to find out which one of those was accurate and a lot more about Speedboat Beach with that Hijazi Rage as well. So I'm excited to see Cave Rock, excited to see National Treasure, excited to see Hijazi. It's going to be a fun weekend for that two-year-old male group. And, uh, you know, Hijazi still being a maiden, three and a half million dollar uh, son of Bernardini, who I think his last probably 400 children sold for a combined three and a half million dollars. So uh, pretty impressive for him. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellogg. He is at some bomb 18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. And by the way, blinkers off is going to be live as soon as we are done. So if you're watching us live, stay right here. Uh, the video will pop up as soon as we're done and ask you to go join them. They're covering all 14 prep races in rapid fire. So uh, enjoy that show. Go uh, follow them and uh, enjoy the whatever the hell they talk about besides horse racing. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Chiefs talk. Mike, it's been a pleasure. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, got football tonight. I like the Broncos. Not a ton, but I like them. I like the first half under 21. If you can still get it, not sure what's out there right now. I take it under 20 and a half if it's available as well. And make sure at halftime you jump back over to the dude's YouTube channel or check us out on Twitter for the Slim and Samo Betapalooza. Get out my best bets for the last for the for each week. One bet. We are four and zero with those. We give out a best bet for the second half. We're three and one with those. You're seven and one if you just tail the best bet and the second half bet. Not too bad. Slim gives away his top two props as well, so that'll be happening there for for the Sunday games. So make sure you come and check us out at halftime of the game tonight between the Colts and the Broncos. And then of course every Wednesday through through Sunday at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, except for 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Dudes Who Bet Daily right here, giving out our best bets for horse racing, CFL, NFL, Major League Baseball, and beyond. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, everybody. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. Now look, before either of us does something we'll both regret. <laughs>